practices that the early church practiced, that of continuing in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread that we looked at this morning, and last week we looked at this aspect of prayer. So um, we want to continue in, in looking at this aspect tonight of communion. And in the Lord's Supper, it's commonly referred to as the Lord's Supper because the night that he was betrayed with his disciples, he instituted this memorial. It's also referred to as communion, and we'll see tonight. It means that we are in communion, in fellowship with God. We are remembering that. But we are also signifying that we are one in Christ and one in the Spirit of God as a church body. And, um, and we understand that. But it's interesting. 1 Corinthians was written to a church that had a lot of problems. And um, it was just written to a typical church. We tend to think that, wow, the New Testament churches, they, they didn't have problems except the church at Corinth. It was a bad church. And um, the church at Corinth would probably beg to differ with, with that. Uh, they, they were publicly put out for all eternity because their letters of rebuke were preserved by God. And yet any church that has people has problems, all right, because we as people have problems. But Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, he was addressing a problem, and in it, He dealt with this whole aspect of the Lord's Supper. And notice verse 17. Now, in the giving these instructions, I do not praise you. Um, We all know what it's like when a boss or a parent or an authority says, I want to talk to you and there's some things not good. It's like, oh boy, what do they know about? (laughs) Because we know there's a lot of things that aren't good, but we wonder what they're calling us on. But he said, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. So he says, you're gathering together as a church, but it's not for the better. It's for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. 
This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many die. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. Now, he's writing to correct some things, and we sometimes think the problem was they came to observe the Lord's Supper, and they turned it into this big feast, and it shouldn't have been a big feast. Um, some tend to believe that um, they would have a feast, a supper, and then they would come and observe the Lord's Supper afterwards. And, uh, and uh, as a result of that time together, um, it was a time of remembrance, a time of celebration. The point is, he was not correcting them on having a feast and having this, he was saying, um, when you come to communion, you are celebrating your oneness with Christ and with every other believer, but he says, you're living in contradiction to that. You've got factions among you, he said. Where is the oneness here? He said, you have some people that are, are well-fed and others that are completely hungry. Where is the oneness in this? Where is the, the communion and the fellowship? And really what he's saying is, if we say we are followers of Christ, it ought to be reflected. If we say we have communion with Christ, it ought to be reflected. And, and he's saying here that communion is a reminder to us that we are to be reflecting Christ. We are in fellowship with God as a body then because you're in fellowship with God and they're in fellowship with God and I'm in fellowship with God. Then there should be this oneness. But he says you come together and there's this faction over here and this faction over here and this person is not getting along real good with this person. And he says... Is that how Christ acts? Is that how the body is supposed to be? We're coming to remember this. And he, he did all this, gave his body and shed his blood so that we would live like this. And Paul is saying, there, there's something wrong here. But the first thing he's holding forth is that Christ is our standard. This is, we are being reminded of this fact tonight. So, if Christ is our standard, 
a standard is useless unless something is measured according, unless it's used to measure something by. If we say Christ is our standard, but we never measure ourselves to see, okay, is this behavior the way Christ would behave? So he said, let a man examine himself. Am I truly showing that I am in communion with Christ? Let a man examine himself. And um, in verse 22, he uses some strong language. Notice what he says. He's shocked. He says, what? Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. He, he's saying, um, you are despising the church of God. And they would say, what do you mean we despise the church of God? We love being here. We, we wouldn't have come other, otherwise. If we didn't like being here, we wouldn't have come. We, we love to get together and we love our feasts and we love remembering this. But Paul says, okay, you love gathering together. But he says, at the same time, you are despising your own body because some of you are despising others in the body. He says, some of you have your needs met and you have turned a blind eye to the needs of others and you are despising the body. Oh, we love the church, but we despise the members of the body. He said, I do not commend you with this loveless behavior because it contradicts the Lord's Supper. How can we remember God's love and not show love to others? How can we remember God's forgiveness and not forgive others. The Lord's Supper is, is not just a ritual that we go through. It is a call for us to be like Christ. And it is a call for us to love. It's, an, it's a standard. This is how Christ loves. Ooh, this is how I love. And it's a reminder to us. It's a call to us. How am I caring for others? And so Paul, in this, he didn't just say, oh yeah, I wanted to remind you about the Lord's Supper. He's tying it in to these divisions, to these neglect of people in the body. And he says, if Christ died for the church, which he did, surely we ought to love the church So we need to examine ourselves, and we need to look around and see whether we are treating one another in the way that Jesus commanded. If we're united with Christ, and others are united with Christ, then we are united with each other, and God calls us to love as Christ loved. 
it, it's so easy for us to tolerate others, to agreeably disagree, but do we love? Do we despise others? That's a strong word, but, but he said here, um, or do you despise the church of God and shame those that have nothing? Now think of it. There's, there's all kinds of ways for us to despise one another. Um, if someone does not educate the way we do, do we despise them? Well, I don't despise them. I just think they're wrong. And we don't have a whole lot in common. If someone doesn't eat the way we eat, do we have nothing to do with them? If someone likes the Hawkeyes and you like the Cyclones, seriously, it is amazing the little things that we can do. Divide over. And we can say, oh, come on, it's not a big thing. When's the last time you had someone from the other camp, so to speak, that you really fellowshiped with? Had them into your home. I mean, we could go on and and on and list. I mean, there's all kinds of things for us um, he goes bow hunting, I'm a shotgun hunter. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It could be anything. She's on Pinterest, I'm not. You know, this and that. They are Facebook people and I'm not. I mean, seriously. And he's calling us back and say, wait a minute. God's called us to love one another. And... and. Am I meeting the standard that God has given? And the reality is, um, confession is the cure. Let a man examine himself. Well, why do we examine? So that, that we then can say, okay, God, I, I need your forgiveness. I have not loved as you've loved. And who of us can say that we have? You know, there's, there's not a one of us here tonight that can say that we have loved as God's loved. And so it's a, wow, this is my standard. And God, I've examined myself and, and I have not loved. When he says, he that eats in an unworthy manner, um, the context that we have just talked about, it means that we're failing to appreciate the bread in the cup and it in in the sense that Christ loved the church and died for her then I need to be willing to serve others think about it in this way and I think these will come up on the screen but What does it mean to eat the Lord's Supper worthily? Let's think about it in that regard. To eat it properly. 
Do you see and savor what the bread and cup signify, that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? First question. Secondly, do you feel remorse? Do you feel bad that your attitudes and actions are inconsistent with the love of Christ for his church? And as Paul is mentioning here, for the poor in particular. But you could put anything else in there. Thirdly, do you renounce the attitudes and actions and turn from them into the path of love and say, I will not treat the church as something cheap. It's not. It's his body that was broken. It was his blood that was shed. I will love the church and cherish the blood-bought people of God. I will not humiliate the poor or less fortunate. I will love the less fortunate and serve and so on. And, and in this context, he's alluding to the poor, but it could, you could put anything else you want in there. And it means that we trust Jesus for the forgiveness of these bad attitudes and actions. And we trust him for the will and the power to walk again in love. It, it may be, it may be in a marriage. Okay, this is a reminder. I have not been loving as God's love. And, and I am trusting God for the forgiveness of these attitudes and actions that I've had. And I am trusting Him for the power to walk in His love again. It's really, it's really a purifying time. It's really a time for us to come back and say, man, okay, God, who is it that I've just as soon not see? Who is it that... I'm despising. Who is it I'm going my own way and I'm happy they go their own way? Who is it I, I just kind of look with a negative eye at? Who is it that I, I view like this? Okay, God, I am trusting your forgiveness and your power to work in my life. I'm going to ask Jason to come and just lead us in the song, Love As I Love. I mean, that's the standard, and we, and we want to be reminded of this, that this, this is God's standard. And, um, and to use this as a time to um, examine ourselves and as a time to just go before the Lord. Um, we're, going to, we're going to just have Kathy play this song first. And I want us to just go before the Lord and say, God, and God will do it. Who have I not been loving as you want me to? I mean, the list is endless, really. God, forgive me. And she's going to play through it once, and then Jason will have us um, sing it together. But go before the Lord right now and... And measure yourself by the standard of Christ and seek his forgiveness.
When our Lord was speaking to the crowd, a beggar came who fell down before Christ and called out his name. Came and they turned the man away till they saw the Lord's compassion and they heard the Savior say, Love as I loved, give as I gave. These are the people that I came to save. Love as I loved and I will shine through. Let others see my love in you. Yesterday my time was filled with vain and empty things. And I was so busy with all that life brings. People crowded in my way, but I pushed them all away. They were just a senseless father till I heard the Savior say, Love as I loved, give as I gave. came to save, love as I love, and I will shine through, let others see my love in you. You may be seated, love as I loved. Let others see my love in you. And the goal in all of this was unity. At, at what point do all Christians come together? It's at the point of the cross. What brings us together? It's the cross. We're, we're all here with, with differing experiences and differing backgrounds and and honestly, this group would never, ever, ever meet were it not for the cross. I mean, we all have way different. We go separate different directions. But it's, it's the cross. That's where we meet. And we all meet at the foot of the cross. And we meet there as common sinners saved by the grace of God. The common ground upon which we all stand is the cross. And that's why we're coming together and it's the cross that brought us peace with God. It's the cross that reconciled. And, and it isn't just a symbol. It's, it's the basis of our fellowship. I am crucified with Christ. The cross is the symbol of our unity. And our fellowship came because Jesus died and purchased us, and we are one in the cross. Saved by grace. K. 
Calvary's blood, we sang earlier, covered it all. And really, this is, this is a time for us to come together. And tonight, what we're going to do is um, when we pass out the bread, we want you to specifically remember Christ's body, which was broken for us. And that will be a sobering time. We want you to, to go before the Lord as you hold the bread and, and wait for us to take it together. We want you to just bow and thank him. You, we don't need to go into details about his suffering for his body. Then tonight, when we pass the cup, which is a symbol of his blood, we want you, on the other hand, to think about it is this blood that brought me to all that I am in Christ now. And we want you to think of the, all the things that you are in Christ now. And to thank Him. God, thank You that I am justified. Thank You that I am a child of Yours. Thank You that I am uh, have access to the Father. Thank You that You are my shepherd and my friend. And so, as we partake of the body, we're remembering the past. Jesus and His body that was broken As we remember the blood, it's like the Passover. I have been set free. I am not in the bondage to sin. There is great joy. And and you think of those Israelites marching out of Egypt and carrying all the loot that they took as well. I mean, they were set free. So much more so have we been. And so as you hold that cup, it, it should breathe with joy You might say, I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter what you feel. That's what you are in Christ. And that's what his blood did to us. And then then we will celebrate looking forward to, to his coming again. It is so important for us to do this. I'm going to ask the men that are helping tonight, and and this is this is an important part. Um we have we have deacons that come and help. And um They come and they serve you by passing this out. The word deacon means servant. This is not just some, uh, this is just the way we do it. This is, they are coming, they are servants to the church. They are coming to serve. Then you'll notice they'll come and they'll, after they're done serving, they'll bring these back, they'll sit down, and then As a pastor, I serve them because a pastor is to be a servant as well. See, all of this has has meaning. And it it is very important that that we understand um, these help us to remember, but we're all the same. We're all meeting at the cross right here. And so I'll ask the four men that are helping tonight if you'll come and and just be seated here. And um, we want we want you to you make this as personal as as you want. I mean, you can say oh, this is just a ritual and go through it and get nothing out of it, or you can take the time tonight and say, God. It's been a while since I really thought about the sacrifice you've made for me. 
I stub my toe, I jam my finger, I get a sliver in my hand, I sprain my ankle, but your body was broken for me. And it was for me. And as you hold the bread, which is a symbol of his body, go before him in prayer and thank him for it. We'll ask the men if they'll come and prepare.